Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, kicking off our number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining us on the phone lines, as he does every Tuesday and Thursday at this time, is our good friend Lincoln Kennedy, uh, former Raider offensive lineman, multiple-time Pro Bowler, obviously part of the Raiders radio network right now. And Lincoln, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It was great catching up with you and JT earlier today for the Raiders roundtable. Uh, man, we talked a lot about defense today, but before we get to defense with you, I wanted to ask you about the bye week. The Raiders coming off the bye week after after five weeks, they have 12 games guaranteed. What's got to be the mentality of the players coming out of the locker room starting on Sunday against Houston? Get everyone who's banged up, healed up. Uh, more importantly, get everyone on the field. The field. You, you, your star's got to play. You know that includes Darren Waller, who didn't finish the the, the Kansas City game. Um, the first one that comes to mind, but you got to get you got to get your stars on the field. Q. One of your stars that won't be on the field is obviously cornerback Nate Hobbs. He's on yeah. IR. He'll be out at least four weeks. How big of a blow is that for the Raiders secondary? I, I think it's a huge blow because when they when they traded Trayvon Mullen, there was there was a big hole at the corner spot, and we thought, you know, we had saw glimpses uh, for a will, uh, if you will. Somebody who's playing in that position, but it, it's it's going to be it, it's it's going to be we have to wait and see moment uh, for Patrick Graham and his defense because there's still a lot of holes they have to uh, cover up uh, and make things happen for the rest of the season. You know, when you look at the Raiders and their defensive line, I mean, we always talk about the defensive line, the pass rush, and the corners. They they all go together. Uh, yeah. Outside of Max, the defensive line hasn't got that pressure that they need. What could Patrick Graham do, if anything, to generate a pass rush that's not named Max Crosby? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't really readily have the answer to it because we haven't seen a consistency from this defense. We've seen flashes at times. This defense be be good, but you know it, it all starts with the the possibility of being you know, be able to play uh, the, the upfront uh, glimpses and, and guys getting pressure on the quarterback, not letting, allowing uh, opposing quarterbacks to have that much time to sit back in the pocket. That's what it starts with. But at the same point, you have to be able to cover up in the second secondary and uh, not giving them uh, open receivers to throw to throw to. So the short answer of your question is we have to wait and see. I don't I don't know right off the top of my head if that makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely does. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Lincoln, we got a text from the 408 saying, hey, a couple weeks ago, Big Lincoln said that our D tackles were doing a good job to Mayan. I think you're surprised. Do you still feel that way? What have you seen from the D tackles through five weeks? They're, they're, they're what I kind of classify as block eaters. When you're able to free up your inside and outside linebackers to make tackles, those are the block eaters. Those those are the guys that are doing a good job at taking away the would be blockers that that, that that are trying to get up to that second level. Look, when it comes to run blocking, mm-hmm. um, every offensive lineman knows that you block the front seven, and that front seven uh, includes the defensive line as well as the linebackers. If you're if you're uh, if you're secondary, your 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 safeties or your your, your whomever it is in, in the outside uh, outside of that front seven are making tackles or making hits. That means that your offensive line is doing a good job. 
And so, so far, you know, for, for what it's worth, when they're when they're run blocking, that's what I've seen out of this offensive line. They're block they're block eaters. They're right. taking up the front seven. They're taking up the inside of the box, and you have safety and defensive line and defensive secondary who are, are making the tackles. That's a great job because um, if your running backs are able to make those guys miss, there's no one else left. So that's what I'm. That's what I've seen a lot uh, from this uh, the, from this offensive line. And you know when it comes to you know the D tackles doing something you know to be in those block eaters like you mentioned, but then also uh, getting pressure on the quarterback. That's what the area that they're not doing is that just one of those things where they're just that's just not how they're built. Well, it's kind of hard to say because the way this style of defense is played. You'll have the Max Crosby's and the Chandler Jones that'll kind of stand out because they'll be the first ones back there. But they're they're doing their part as far as pushing the pocket back. They control the depth of the pocket, and I think that we've seen some a fairly decent job of that. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. My man Demond's got one for you. All right, Lincoln. It feels like that you think that the pass rush and the guys up front are doing their jobs, but what can this secondary do more to improve? Because for me, I th- I would really like to see the secondary take chances and maybe try to go for more interceptions. But what can this secondary do to improve? You know, well, for what it's worth, what we've seen out of the Patrick Graham defense is it's not the secondary just has to cover up and take away the immediate releases of the defense. I, I don't see them. Uh, Demond as 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 a defense that that creates a lot of pressure uh, that takes a lot of chances and 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 again we still have to to wait and see the package of it because today's offense or today's offenses that that we've seen against this defense is that whether or not they're ready to get rid of the ball quickly um, if they're able to hold their coverages. Uh, substantially, then then you can the defense can make some sacks, but it's it's still a wait and see process. And when it comes down to the breakdowns in coverage, let's say in the red zone, Patrick Graham, he said that, hey, that's on him. Maybe he could be calling some better plays. But do you really think that it just boils down to communication and the team will figure it out eventually? A lot of it is communication. A lot of it is trust, uh, knowing where somebody's going to be. There's been, they've, they've had glimpses of some shutdown defenses, but it hasn't been consistent. Yeah, that was what I asked uh, Patrick Graham earlier today was, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it for a half, but we haven't seen it consistently for a whole game. And and like you said, it just goes back to trust. And is that something that you could develop in practice? I'm hoping so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping so, guys. To be honest with you, I really am because we've seen flashes out at Abbott. You know, I would hope that we could, you know, four quarters of, of football like that. Right, absolutely. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So when you're a player and, and you look at a team that's coming in in Houston, and of course we'll get deep dive into the Texans more on Thursday, but when you see a team that you know is struggling as well, uh, I mean, what, what, what goes into the, the mentality? Is this one of those where you're like, okay, we can't wait to get back on the field and show who we could be? I'm hoping that this, this this Raiders team shows us what they're capable of in, in, in a consistent period, in, in a consistent game, not just flashes like one quarter or one half, but a whole game. Um, we haven't seen that all year, guys. So before you start looking at the opponent, you have to look within yourself. To me, the Raiders have a lot of work to do within when it, when it comes to being consistent, being consistent as far as players, as far as a team. They have a lot of work that that, that needs, still needs to be done. You know, one thing that I wanted to ask because we talked about it on yesterday's show is, and I said this, and I think that 
I don't know if it was taken the wrong way or whatever, but uh, if you're a player in the locker room and you feel like the team is good but you're not getting your the results that you're looking for, like if you're looking around this Raiders locker room, you're seeing all the talent, but yet you're still sitting there at one and four. Like, How do you differentiate between a bad team and just a team that's not getting it done yet? Look within yourself. That's all you can do. The only only thing you can drew you can you can you can draw as a player is the fact that you're you're, you're being accountable for your own your own self and your and your own actions. That's the only thing that you can do. Control what you can control, which is yourself. Coming off of a bye week, how soon is it that switch from when you get back into the locker room, getting ready for game week? Is it hey trying to correct some of the things that maybe the team needs to work on that you see couldn't be improved from the bye week, and to straight ahead, hey now we got to focus on the Texans. One thing that you can do, the only thing that you can do, Demond, is control what you are, and that's who you are. And you go out there and you work harder, you push yourself forward, and you try to get everyone else to, to, to follow your lead. That, that, that's the level of accountability that you need. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, you mentioned it today on the Raiders Roundtable, and I've heard head coach Josh McDaniels mention it multiple times. This team still needs to learn how to win. How exactly, as a player, do you learn how to win? What does it take, Lincoln? Well, again, it goes back to self accountability. Do what you can do, what you can do, and when you can do it. And the fact is, Q and Demond, it's, it's it comes down to let me take care of myself. If if I'm doing my job as best as I possibly can, you're hoping that the other guys that are on the football field with you at the time can do the same. It, it, it takes one man to be accountable. And then you, you, try to, you try to accomplish that with 11 people being accountable. That, that, that's all you can do. Right. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we, we've heard is, you know, these guys are trying to learn this new system. And uh, we'll wrap it up with this. I, I, I said that, yeah, they're trying to learn a new system. They're trying to l- learn this new verbiage, this, that, and the other. But I feel like while they're learning Lincoln, they could still stumble into a victory or two, right? Like they have enough talent to stumble into a victory or two, like you've seen some other teams around the league. Is that something that's a possibility? Absolutely. Because it comes from the, the accountability level comes from not only the players being played, but coaches being coached. I've always said that coaches coach, players play. Um, you know, you, you call a play as a coach – and in the effort to put your your team in the best possible position, but that, there's a level of accountability there too. You got you, you you have to understand that. And so you know when when it all comes down to it, it's a team. This is the greatest team game that's ever been uh, performed. You've got to go out there and do it. The the, the big thing is when you, you know, coaches coach, players players. The, uh, you have to go out there and do everything uh, and, and make sure that you're accountable to everyone else while you're doing it. Last time we had you on, I went a little off the rails, but I want to ask you something that's Shocking. a little bit more up your alley. A little alley. bit off the rails? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something a that's a little Thank bit you, more Lincoln. up your Thank alley. You. Yeah, just a little. With the Pac-12, okay. Lincoln, do you think that UCLA can finally be that team that runs the table <laughs> and make it to the football playoff? You said UCLA. <laughs> you know what? Here, here. This is this is what I've said about all my my Pac-12 accomplishments. Look, the the, the thing is, is that I think the Pac-12 is a competent division from top to bottom, and they have the capability of competing any given Saturday. There, there's anyone that can beat anyone else. I would love to see somebody from the Pac-12 uh, into in in the national roundtable when it comes to the, the you know when it comes to this and the national uh, rollouts. Um, I, I don't know if UCLA is going to be that. I don't know if USC is going to be that. But it, it's been fun to watch, and and it'll be fun to see what the outcome comes. 
outcome goes. There you go. Not not quite as off the rails as normal, Demond. Yeah, always, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Demond. Thank <laughs> you you always have a little twist. Thank some you. Uh, some oddball question out of nowhere, but uh, yeah, Lincoln, exactly. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's always great. Like I said, man, it was fun catching up with you on the Raiders roundtable earlier with JT, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you on Thursday. Sounds like a, sounds like a plan, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There he goes. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Broadcast Network, also a former Raider offensive lineman, obviously a big-time pro bowler, big-time player for the silver and black along that offensive line. Definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. 4.13 is the time. Got a few more texts to get to, and we'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up about 4.30. We'll hear from Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School. He's the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. We do it each and every week here on Raider Nation Radio 920, something that is near and dear to the Raiders. They're very uh, adamant and active in this Las Vegas community, and so something that uh, I know that they hold close to the heart and close to the vest, and uh, me personally, I do as well. Uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, covering high school football. I've really grown to have a big-time appreciation for it, and not necessarily because of wins and losses, but because of what these high school football coaches represent and really coaches in general in high school and teachers in general in high school. I like to talk to them because I know what they're doing for us and what they're doing for us as a society is trying to help and educate our youth. And that's a big deal. That's something that probably when I was younger, I didn't give a rip about. I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) You know, I just didn't care. But the older I got and the more I was able to, you know, see everything from a uh, older, more mature st- standpoint, I understood how important that was. And, and high school football coaches in particular, man, they really start to teach these young players and their team that they have, they start to teach them about adversity and how to deal with adversity in a responsible way and not a reckless way. And I don't know if you turn on the news lately, but there's a lot of reckless going on. So we need a more responsible uh, as we can get, as much as responsible as we can get. So Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School, the Reed Raiders, will join us coming up at 4.30. But We've been wanting to hear from you at uh, 702-365-9200. Also, the text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Been throwing out the question is we've been very defensive heavy today, talking about Nate Hobbs is out. Chandler Jones hasn't really stepped up, haven't called his name a lot. There hasn't been uh, pressure up the gut. What does this Raiders team need to do to improve defensively? Let's talk to our good friend Tim in Texas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hello. How y'all doing? I just uh, wanted to kind of uh, uh, go back a little just uh, on that game uh, against Kansas City. I really, I mean, I, I really thought that uh, Josh McDaniels was calling a hell of a game. I, I remember right there towards the end, I was telling my wife how good, I mean, the play calling was. It was like he was in a rhythm or something. And uh, I didn't really mind them going for the two-point conversion, uh, even though they probably shouldn't, but I didn't really mind it. I think, I think on that last play, on that last play, that uh, that he just kind of overthought himself and kind of was uh, kind of got too cute. Because if you go back and look at it, he was going to score a touchdown. Yeah. Because uh, um, uh, Renfro and Adams, I mean, they was one on one. They would have even one of them, but Adams would have been wide open going going for a touchdown if they were. I mean, they would have ran into each other, of course. But uh, I just think that at the, right there at the end. You know, he was just he just kind of got a little too cute instead of just running on fourth and one or whatever. But I really thought he caught a hell of a game. I thought he really got into a really good rhythm uh, uh, in the second half of that game. 
Thank you for the call, Tim. We do appreciate you. And, yeah, you know, it's funny, man. I was watching that game. We were sitting there at the Oyo watching the game, and I saw a lot of my media friends that covered the Chiefs out there in Kansas City, and they're tweeting about the Raiders are just kicking the Chiefs' asses. And, like, that's how they were putting it on Twitter, and that just really caught my attention because, one, the Raiders very rarely get that kind of, uh, you know, kind of love from anyone, and especially Kansas City media. Like, they're not going to come out and be like, man, the Raiders are doing anything like that. But seeing so many of the media guys that I know out there in Kansas City that were just saying, man, the, the Raiders are the more physical team. They're just they're whooping the Chiefs. I mean, they were just praising them until they weren't, obviously. Right. I mean, you know, once they, you know, lost the lead and the Chiefs started to get control of the game and, you know, then when they eventually won at the end, then obviously the narrative changed. But I mean, the Chiefs were they they if they say they weren't concerned, they're they're just saying that. Right. There was definitely some massive concern on the part of the Kansas City Chiefs, because I know there was massive concern on the part of the Kansas City media. They they I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders had them on the on the ropes, man. They had them right where they they want them. Right. You know, when you say finish them, they just couldn't finish them. You know, and, and you can always debate back and forth. And I mentioned it on Tuesday right after the game. Like, I don't care uh, about the two-point conversion. I didn't – that wasn't my preference. But I know that it's not about my preference. It's about what the coaches believe and the team believes that they want to do. I would have kicked the extra point. But, again, that's me being old school, right? We know analytics. Matter of fact, speaking of analytics, just a little teaser, we have a good analytics guest coming on the show tomorrow. Matter of fact, it's really going to start the show off. So I'm excited about that. An analytics guy from ESPN that'll join the show to talk about you know the analytics side of things and why you know coaches go for two why Brandon Staley there in uh, LA with the Chargers decides to go for it on all the fourth downs because the analytics tell him so and I'm not a guy that believes too much in analytics hell after that game on Monday I did a whole podcast about the analytical side of things where I'm not a big fan of it but I get it I know it's going on in in football I know it's going on in baseball hell it goes on in basketball I mean there's just analytics in everything. Me, I just like to look at the eye test. I like to say, like, hey, this is what this team does well. This is what they don't do well. You know, and, and sometimes I like to think with common sense, but I get it, man. It's, it's deeper. It's a deeper dive than that. So uh, just a little bit of a preview. We do have a guest coming up early tomorrow on the show from ESPN that will talk all things analytics. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, hope, the hope that I have moving forward, the Raiders have a guaranteed 12 games left. We know that. The hope I, I have is that what you saw Monday night against the Chiefs is the beginning of them really starting to execute and play at a high level, right? When you're that close to winning that big game, but you saw what you did well. Like Tim pointed out, there were so many times that the Raiders looked really good on Monday night. Now, if they could just put that together, offensively and defensively, they were looking good defensively too. I mean, there were, how many times have you seen Patrick Mahomes look like he was frustrated? You saw that. You saw that in that game. And, again, I'm, I'm not a guy that believes in moral victories. I'm just hoping what they could take from that is, okay, guys, we did this. We, we know we can do it. We saw what it looks like. Now we just have to go and execute it on a consistent basis. If they could do that, it's, as dumb as this is going to sound, they're going to be all right. <laughs> right? I mean, it, and it sounds dumb because they only have one win. But if they can figure out how to do that, then they'll be all right. You know, I've done multiple podcasts, you know, a couple days in a row talking about the fact that, you know, one, the Raiders have, you know, some questions that they can answer. Only they can answer. I can't answer them for them. DeMond can't answer them for them. Nobody can call in and answer for them. There's certain questions that they have to answer as a team. And, you know, they, they have the opportunity with 12 games left to prove that their record, 1-4, is not really who they are. It's just the record that they have, but not necessarily who you are. You know, how many times have you been in a situation where something like let's let's say Devontae Adams, that situation that happened Monday night with him pushing the cameraman, whatever the case may be, 
I don't believe that's who Devontae Adams is. I believe that that was a moment. I don't think that that's – and I don't know him at all, but I just – from everyone we've talked to, anyone who's known him from the time he was at Fresno State, as we talked to Paul Leffler yesterday, uh, from guys that knew him even before that, when he was a kid growing up, I just – I don't think that that's who Devontae Adams is. That was a moment that happened. That's not – you know, and I hate to throw dirt at people's name, but that's not, you know, him having a Damon Arnett moment, right? Where Damon Arnett, that, that's who he is. Damon Arnett's a, a, a not a good dude. I mean, that's just bottom line, right? And we've seen dudes that aren't really good dudes. Who's that guy that was in Carolina that threw his, his girlfriend on top of a bed of guns? And Greg Hardy. He's not Greg Hardy or, you know, anything like that. And, again, you know, I don't want to compare wrongs and rights or whatever, but certain times people are really good people and they'll make a mistake. That, that, that doesn't define who they are as a person. It just defines that moment. The Raiders as a team – aren't necessarily, in my opinion, a one-in-four team. I think they're better than that, but I just I got to be careful with the way I word it because you are what your record says you are. They have a chance to prove that they're better than that one-in-four, but only they can do it. I can't sell you on why they're better than that. Coach can't sell you on that. DeMond can't sell you on that. Nobody can. It takes those guys on the field to show you. Again, going back to PE in North Carolina, show and prove, show and prove, show and prove. That's all the Raiders can do, DeMond, at this point, is show and prove. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes where the fans get mad at us, as you like to say, it's because they think that we're selling them false goods. No, we're not selling them false goods. This team, it does look good. This team, as I know no one wants to hear, looks good on paper. As people, you even see the pundits on ESPN say, hey, this is the best one in four team I've ever seen. Right. And I know it's something, it's ridiculous that to, to say. say. No it's, one wants to say that or hear that. Yes. But. But this is a good one in fourteen. When you do look at the Texans and people say, if you could trade them right now, if you hey, if they get a win this Sunday, who do you think is going to turn it around more? The people are going to say the Raiders more than they're going to say the Texans because you know deep down, just from looking at what you see on the field, they are a better team. Right, and I'll say this. I'll take it a step further. The Broncos have two wins, and they have a really good defense that's been showing that they have a really good defense. I would still take this Raiders team over them any day. Right? Even though they have a really strong defense, and that's all we've been talking about today is their defense, I would still take this Raiders team over them any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like, I have no doubt next time they play them in Denver, they're going to win that game. Like, I have no doubt. I just don't think Denver's very good. Q, I know you don't like to talk like this, but let's make it the sports takey show where it's like, hey, just one game. You know, they'll usually say a quarterback. Game for your life. Which quarterback are you going to take? Right. There are plenty of teams, like I know you could run down the list, let's say the Bills are going to be first, the yeah. Chiefs, but hey, just to win one game, I'm sure the Raiders are in a lot of people's top ten. Absolutely. I, I, I think so. I would think so. And it's hard to say with a one-win team, right? But I, I definitely would think so. It's so funny, to your point, when we have people on that cover other teams – Nine out of ten of them are like, man, Derek Carr's a really good quarterback. <laughs> man, Derek Carr is better than most people give him credit for. Man, this team sure would appreciate to have Derek Carr. Uh, and that, you know, that's great to get the flowers. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that the Raiders would definitely be considered. That's what Amber Theo Harris did last week when she was talking about what she, uh, the poll that she put out there on her SiriusXM show about the Raiders and other teams across the league that are even better than they are. I mean, hell, the Giants are winning games, man. They're 5-1. and one. They look great. But I, I don't think that. You know, if the Raiders played them, I don't think there'd be any question that most people would pick the Raiders to win that game. You know, the Jets are 4-2. and two. I don't think that if the Raiders played the Jets today, I don't think there'd be a lot of people that'd be like, oh, the Jets are going to win. I think a lot of people would say, oh, I think the Raiders are going to win. Right? I mean, again, that's just, just my thoughts, just my theory. Uh, but it's on them. It, it doesn't matter what I think at all. 
It's on them to go out and show that what we believe is true. Coming up next, Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School, the Reed Raiders. He is the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. You'll hear that conversation next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we are joined on the phone line right now by this week's recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. That's Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School. And Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Congratulations on winning the award. But more importantly, congratulations on the 28-25 win over your rival Spanish Springs High School. What was the key in your team's come-from-behind victory? Um, well, we just stayed with the plan. Our guys... Uh uh, just, you know, continue to battle no matter what. You know, we uh, ran the ball really well, and defense made some big plays. And, you know, they just played together and played a full four quarters. So uh, it was a fun night for us. When you're playing a rival like you did versus Spanish Springs, how difficult is it for you to keep your team from getting too amped up or even, like, hyperventilate before the game because it means so much as a rival game? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, it's our schools are both really close together, so I'm really familiar with, with the players on both teams. So, um, it's just, you know, we talk about it leading up to the game during the week of just, you know, focusing on what we control and just playing one play at a time and, and not making the moment bigger than what it is. So I was pretty happy with how our kids did that uh, Friday night. So I'm sure with that being said, the locker room after the game is really pumped up and amped after a win over the rival. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were excited, you know, getting a win over them against that team. And, um, you know, they're they're definitely a tough, tough opponent in our league. And, you know, just where that sets us up as far as playoff seating uh, going into next week, you know, puts us in a good spot. So the kids are definitely excited on that one. Yeah, we're talking right now with Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And you mentioned league play. Right now your team is 4-1 and in league play. Uh, how important was it for your team to get back to the winning side of things after taking the loss like you did to McQueen coming off your bye week? Uh, I mean, that was huge for us. Um, you know, our, our league's very competitive and um, you know, last year we were, we found ourselves in a, a three or four team tie at the end of the year. So uh, had to deal with some some tiebreaker situations to dis- determine seeding. Um, but getting that win, you know, that put us um, in the sole share of the two seed. So, um, you know, there's a few teams tied below us now. So hopefully we can keep ourselves out of that tiebreaker situation and, and get to host the playoff game. Spencer Fireball, he's your senior running back. He's got almost 1,700 yards rushing on the season. Big game Friday night, 254 yards and three touchdowns. What makes him so special? Uh, I mean, he just he's tough. He just refuses to go down. He's not hes not the biggest back in the world, but, um, you know, people that try to tackle him might say otherwise because he's just, he's just a determined runner. He's got good instincts. He's got speed, power, balance. Um, he's just – he's not going to go down very easy, and – you know, that was a, it was a tough game because, you know, he's had games where he's had explosive, a lot of explosive runs and, um, you know, those yards pile up pretty quick, but, you know, their defense is pretty stubborn. So, you know, his average, I think that night was a little over six yards and it was, it was a lot of six yard runs, but he was, he was game to, to do that multiple times. He actually tied a school record for uh, most carries in the game with 40. Um, so, you know, he's, he's good to go, whatever, the defense wants to give him. If he can get explosive ones, he'll do that. But if he's got to grind it out for four quarters, he can do that too. So I'd say his toughness is what really sets him apart. And to have a rushing attack like that, I mean, your offensive line has to obviously be doing a lot of really good things as far as blocking. How much pride does the offensive line take when they know that we have a guy that can get it done? All we have to do is do our job. No, I mean, it's it's really cool to, to be on the sidelines with them because – um, I think they care about his stats a lot more than he does. You know, they, they're they're very in tune with it. You know, they know where he's sitting 
um, as far as um, the league goes and in the state. I mean, he's actually been leading the state in rushing for a few weeks now. And, um, you know, that's something that, that means, I think, more to them than it does does Spencer. So it's pretty cool to see that play out and, you know, the bond that they have together because they've, they've definitely paved the way for him and, and created some huge rush lanes and, and then get him to the second level, let him do his thing. Talk right now with Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. What does it mean for you to win that award? Every coach I talk to always says it's not just about me, it's about the program and the players, but for you to have you know your name in, in the same conversation with Tom Flores, what does that mean for you? I mean, it's, it's special. I, honestly, I was really surprised when I uh, found out about it. Um, you know, it's it's obviously having your name mentioned with – with Coach Flores is a special, and, um, you know, I'm just really appreciative of it. And just it really came down to our guys executing. You know, we didn't do anything glamorous and, you know, played a really good football game and, and we were able to come out with a win. And, you know, this is definitely something that I'll share with, with our program. How important is it that the Raiders as an organization don't just play in Las Vegas in the community, but they're also part of the community as they are with this award that they're giving out and also helping out with different, you know, with the programs in general? No, I mean, it means a lot. You know, it's, it's something that uh, means a lot to our team, and especially us being the Reed Raiders. Um, yeah. You know, that, that just sticks with us even more. So I'm um, definitely appreciative of it, you know, in the – you know, being able to have our name listed with them, and, and we would definitely take pride in that. And, uh, you know, I appreciate all the support they've given. For the longest time, it was looked at as there would never be a professional team here in the Las Vegas area. Now you got the Raiders. Now you got the Golden Knights. But, again, I mean, just for your players to be able to look up and see the guys that they look at on Sunday playing in their own backyard, what does that mean to your team? No, I mean, it's it's, it's special, you know, and, you know, with them hosting the, the state championships and stuff now, you know, and being able to have teams go down there, um, and be able to play in their stadium. You know, we drove by it. Um, our first game of the season, we went down to Vegas and played uh, Faith Lutheran. You know, and our kids were really excited to drive by and just see the stadium, um, you know, the arena. And <clears throat> just the, the big eyes, you know, that they had in that moment was pretty cool just to – the experience that and know that there's a, a team that represents them in their own state. Again, we're talking with Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And, Coach, every time I talk to a coach, I always talk about what it means to actually be a high school football coach. You know, it's more about more than the X's and O's. You know, it's more than, than wins and losses. It's about the community. It's about the relationships you bond, you form with the players and all. So, uh, for you, what, what does that mean to be that guy and have that title, the high school football coach? I mean, I mean, that's why I do it. You know, I mean, I, it's honestly my dream job is what I'm doing right now. You know, and there's there's days that, you know, definitely can carry on a lot of frustration with dealing with teenagers and things that come with them. But um, just, you know, the, the off the field stuff and being with them through their day to day lives and the struggles that they have, being able to help them through that and, you know, use football as the vehicle for it, you know, I think is really special and just with the lessons that you can learn from that game and just be able to pass on things that, that I learned. And, you know, I just got that, you know, personally from, you know, relationships that I have with coaches and when I played. So I just want to kind of pass that along and, and continue to be there um, just to help shape these young men. How cool is it when a player comes back? You know, a guy that you coached, uh, you know, at whatever stage of life they were in, and now they come back and they maybe they're playing on the next level. Maybe they just have a family, whatever it is. But just see players come back and say, "Hey, thanks, coach, for what you did for me." No, I mean it's. I mean that's that lets you know that what you're doing matters. Right. Right. I mean, I honestly, I was just texting with one a coach that coached me in from seventh grade to high school. You know that I still have. Uh, great relationship with was just texting him about this <laughs> you know he's, <laughs> he's super excited um you know couldn't be prouder so you know I, I had those relationships and 
you know, I know it means a lot to, to my coaches that, that I play for when I stay in contact with them and let them know what's going on. And, you know, I, I have those, you know, players that do the same. We've got a kid you know, playing at Sacramento State that, you know, just FaceTimed me last week, let me know that he was getting the start, you nice. know. So, yeah. um, no, those, those are the pieces that when they happen, just, you know, give you that – that extra motivation to keep going and, and doing it because you know it matters. Again, we're talking with Coach Garrett Hughes from Reed High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Coach, before we let you go this week, you have a home league game against Reno. What time of challenges uh, do the Huskies present for you? Uh, they're a tough team. They're a tough team. Um, got got a stable of running backs, good quarterback, some receivers, got some, some solid linemen. So uh, they're similar to us, and they want to establish a run game. So it'll definitely be a battle up front. Um, you know, kind of an old school game, possibly, you know, we're going to kind of ground and pound and see who can win, win in the trenches. So uh, we'll have our hands full for sure. Well, at least the weather's changing now, right? <laughs> at least, at least it's not a uh, blazing hot outside. <laughs> yeah. It's starting to feel a little bit more like fall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, coach again, congratulations on, on winning the Tom Flores high school football coach of the week award. Congratulations on the big win and good luck Friday night against Reno. Uh, you know, we'll be paying attention and, and we'll be rooting for you, coach. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No doubt about it. There he goes, Coach Garrett Hughes, Reed High School, the Reed Raiders. Again, Coach Garrett Hughes, the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, got a couple text messages to get to, and one in particular that has me rolling. It is hilarious. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to be the only one that gets a good laugh at it, but you're going to, we're going to share it with you next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a bunch of great texts. 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, you can always chime in on the phone lines as well. 702-365-9200. We'd love to hear from you. But the text, the text line is always really easy. A lot of times it's very difficult to get a call in or even get through on the phone lines, whether we have a guest or just there's a lot of calls coming through. So a lot of times we get texts, and I try to get to as many as possible because if you take the time to reach out to us, regardless what you say, I try to make sure that we get to it. So we got a lot that I want to get to in this last segment of the show. And coming up at 5 o'clock, matter of fact, at 5.01, you'll hear the Raider Roundtable conversation. JT the Brick, Lincoln Kennedy, and myself. Earlier today, we were at Raiders HQ, and we were able to record that in the pod studio. If you want to check it out on YouTube, you can as well. It's on the YouTube page uh, if you want to see our ugly faces, or at least my ugly face. I'm still, Damon, still confused, man. Still struggling. I still, yeah, man, I still struggle when it comes. I am the most, I'll tell you right now. I'm very confident when it comes about everything. I am still very uncomfortable when it comes to being in front of the camera. I like, I really am. Today I had to read uh, a little line, a little liner for, uh, you know, for the tease for the show. And that's cool. The liner, you know, the information was written on a piece of paper. And so I'm looking at it and then I realized like, oh, wait, I got to look at that camera. So I can't read and have it in front of my, you know, because I'm like, this is, I was like, damn it, I'm a radio dude. So. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to be 100% comfortable with the whole camera thing. The wife critiques it every week, and she tells me what I've done wrong. My buddy Daniel, shout out to Daniel Zamora out there in the Bay. Uh, he, he actually used to work for the Raiders back in the day, but he, he'll watch the video and he'll send me messages as well. He's like, oh, he's, stop slouching in your seat. Do this. Do that. Buckle, uh, button the, your top button on your shirt. And I'm like, dude, I'm a radio guy. And he's like, man, Q. Just like NFL teams or just like any kind of teams, uh, you know, there's always people that are watching. So you got to be, you know, on point. I was like, dude, I'm trying. I really am. Like, you know, 
I'm trying to do whatever I can, but this whole camera thing is not my bag. It's just not. JT, flawless. JT's the dude. He goes from one camera to the other like it's nothing, like seamless. You know what I mean? Like It's almost like changing lanes for JT. He don't even put his blinker on. He just slides on over, and it's good to go. Me, I look like someone who has no idea where I'm going, and I'm trying to go from the far left lane, and I'm trying to get over and go, go to the airport. All of a sudden, the last second, I'm about to pass the, the exit. You know how it goes. Or, or maybe trying to get on the 15, where Everyone all of a sudden comes to a stop because they're, they're about to pass it on the 215. I feel like I'm that guy when i am uh, got a camera in front of me where it's like, dude, this is not good. Do you get a company? Do you get acquainted to which camera's which? Like, do you even, like, before you, the, you guys get rolling, are you like, okay, this is camera two, this is camera three, this is camera one? Well, I've learned that, okay, the front camera is the one that we pay attention to when the show starts. And then uh, it's called the box camera is what I look at a lot. But the problem is a lot of times I'll be – I get caught up in the conversation, and I'll be looking at the TV screen. Like, I'll look at Lincoln, who's on Zoom, and then all of a sudden, the red dot will go off from the front camera, and it'll be on the box camera, and my dumb self ain't looking at the box camera. I got a quick look over real quick, so. Do you need direction as if it's a football coach running the drill? I need Jesus, like, man. Like I need- <laughs> right. Forward. <laughs> Do you need the hand signals? I need all that, man. I got problems, man. Your boy needs some help, man. I'll be the first to admit it. I need play-by-play instruction. What I need is I need someone in my ear before they change the camera to be like, all right, Q, change. All right, Q, change. Like, I need I need. You that. say that, but you would be like, my left or your left? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, DeMond. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I mean, man, oh, man, it's so funny. But anyway, it's a good opportunity for us to, to be able to do that and provide some extra content for Raider Nation. So you can check that out again. The audio version, which I do fine, <laughs> is coming up at 5.01. But if you want to check out the YouTube, you can do that as well. Raiders YouTube, it's there. So I uh, got a couple texts that I want to get to real quick. Uh, one from the 806. Hey, Q. You said you don't get as upset as you used to when we lost, but do you get as excited as you used to when we win? And, I mean, it's always exciting to see a team win. And last year when they went on the run that they went on and the way things closed out week 18, I don't care what team you're covering. It's, it's obviously special for me because the Raiders are my favorite team growing up. But, I mean, whenever you cover a team professionally like we do and they're winning, there is nothing that feels better than that. I mean, I was – I was covering high school football and they're winning division championships. It's like, yes, covering college and they win. And it's so much fun without even being a fan or knowing the history of the team, just knowing that you're there each and every week. It is so much fun to see them succeed. So, yeah, I mean, for it to be my favorite team, yeah, I get excited by wins because it's a lot more fun to come into Raider Nation Radio 920 every day talking about wins than it is talking about a loss. And, you know, when they're winning, we're all good. We're, we're cool. Everyone thinks we're cool. When they're losing, we're the spawn of Satan, right? We're the worst things ever. So uh, that's, that's – yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's fun and exciting. And, of course, if the Raiders were to eventually hoist a Lombardi, to me it would be special because it would be the first one in my lifetime that I saw that I was heavily invested in and also being part of it and kind of close to the product where we cover it every day, that would be a hell of a ride. So that would be one of those bucket list things that I'd love to see happen at one point. And I'm sure Mark Davis is like, yeah, Q, I'd like to see that too, dummy. (laughs) I want to see a a Lombardi hoisted as well, just like the Aces winning the championship. That was fantastic, right? I'm not heavily involved in the Aces. I'm not. But we cover them. You know, they're obviously the little sisters of the Raiders. And then winning the championship was great. It was great for the city. It was great for them. Who doesn't like to see winners, right? I mean, that's just – winning's fun. So, yeah, that's – I guess that's the answer to that question. I uh, got a text from the 408. 
Chicken, rice, and beans sound like every day in my childhood. Just add some homemade chili. LOL. Yeah, the wife always says, it's so funny, and I'm at the house right now, but the wife always says, hey, what do you guys want for dinner? And me and Sarah will say, I don't know, chicken. Because we always know we're going to get chicken, right? The wife has like a thousand and one ways to cook chicken, and she'll do it. She'll have a thousand different creations of chicken, and then she'll be like, what do you guys want? We know, rice and beans, and we'll get rice and beans. And look, I say that with, you know, like a frown on my face. I'm just blessed to have an opportunity to actually have a dinner made for me where I'm not having to eat out every single day. So I shouldn't, like, poo-poo on it. But at some point, it's like, okay, I've had chicken 85 days in a row. Can we get something else? Can I get a piece of fish? Can I get a steak? Can I get something? And then that's when we go out to eat. You know, it's, it's, you know, you can tell when the house is tired of chicken, rice, and beans because then all of a sudden everyone will look at me and be like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And I'm like, yeah, okay, everyone's tired of the same. That's my go-to. I will not cook you anything. I can't cook a lick. I can't boil water, but I can take you to a nice restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way to burn water. I will. Man. Like, I can't boil water, but I can find a good restaurant. Not even like some hamburger helper you can't even put together I the pre-made I, stuff? I can make hamburger helper, but I don't think it's going to be good. Right, I just eat it because I'm hungry. When I was a bachelor, I just ate stuff because I was hungry. I, it didn't have no rhyme or reason to it. I just ate it. It was there, and I was like, "Well, my belly is making noise, so I better eat it." So I did. That was just that's just kind of how it is. Uh, let's see. We got another text. Uh, hold on, hold on. I got a couple more I want to get to. Oh, Trey in Kansas City. He hit us up uh, earlier talking about the offensive side of things, and I said that we were talking defense. So he said, "Okay, Q." Since you're talking defense, the truth, we busted on all our first-round picks for a decade. Chandler Jones is washed. We hit the jackpot with Mad Max. We don't have the talent on defense. That's from Trey in Kansas City. All right. Look, until proven otherwise, can't say he's wrong. I'm not going to say he busted on – the Raiders busted on every draft pick, but, you know, a lot of the first-round picks, we talked about it over the, uh, you know, course of plenty of time that, hey, it's it's been a struggle. So, um, you know, I'm not – not mad at that that response, Trey. I mean, that's that could be some of the problem. And actually, I think tomorrow we brought that up. Do the Raiders have enough talent to get it done defensively, consistently? I think we brought that up before. Yeah, we have because it, the for me, it's the secondary. The struggles in the secondary are these guys. You know, if you could, if you could, if another team could pick these players, would they say, "Hey, this is a starting caliber player on another team"? Right. Exactly. No doubt about it. Uh, we got a text that I wanted to get to, Demond, because it's focused towards you. Uh, this one's from the 916 Sacramento, California, Raider Sean. He says, hey, Demond, if Charles beats Islam, does Khabib come back? Charles versus Khabib to see who's the lightweight goat is. What a fight would be. Okay, if Charles beats Islam like I think Charles is going to do, I don't think that Khabib come back. I think that Khabib, he's, he's fine doing what he's doing now, and it's one of those He's enjoying retirement, and you don't want to risk that undefeated record by coming out of retirement. He's mentioned since his father passed away, his father was always in his corner. He doesn't want to fight without his father. And, hey, he's got to let his protege go out there and succeed or fail and just see where the chips lie on uh, at UFC 280 this Saturday in Abu Dhabi. All right, there you go. Good stuff. I like it. A uh, couple more texts real quick. 626, uh, Cucamonga Raider. Someone needs to call Seawood and pull him out of retirement. I bet he plays with more heart and passion than anyone on the defensive side outside of Crosby. I've only seen heart and passion out of this team in one half, and that was against the Chiefs, where they literally came out and punched him in the mouth. Made me want to throw on the helmet and run through something. That's from Cucamonga Raider. And I'll say Nate Hobbs plays with a lot of passion. I think Amik Robertson plays with a lot of passion. I, I know Denzel Perryman plays with a lot of passion. And, of course, Mad Max Crosby does as well. Uh, I could see you question other guys you know and if, if they don't you know step up 
and, and make plays when they need to make plays. But I do think those guys for sure, and of course Nate Hobbs is out for uh, four of four weeks at least, so uh, that's an unfortunate blow. I'll say that the Raiders' defense played really well against the Cardinals in the first half. They didn't play really well in the second half, but in the first half they shut them out, so that was great. Uh, but to your point, they played really well in the first half against the Chiefs as well. Uh, I think, again, I go back to that, that field goal right before halftime. That really bothered me. thought that that was a, a, a bad like a bad sign that they had right before uh, halftime, giving them those three points. So uh, thank you so much for that, Cucamonga Raider. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, and we will <laughs> – Mailman Raider said, did Tom change his name to Trey? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, final text that we want to get to, though. This one's a good one from the 816. This one says this – the, this is the good one that made me laugh out loud. Raider Nation is jaded. Y'all been lying to us since the days of Jamarcus Russell, saying that he was losing weight. Then he comes to training camp weighing 300 pounds. That's from the 816. Jamarcus Russell was 2007, my man, or, or woman, whoever texted in. 2007. So y'all ain't been doing no lying about anything. I don't know what you're talking about, where that came in in the conversation at all. I think it's hilarious because, again, how in the hell did Jamarcus Russell become a part of this conversation? Y'all been lying to us since 2007. My man, in 2007... I was in Monterey, California as a hip-hop DJ. My son was a juvenile. I was a bachelor. I was eating that, uh, I was eating that hamburger helper on the Them daily that I was Dennis. making. Right, exactly. My son actually had a Jamarcus Russell jersey on. I had nothing to do with anything. So y'all ain't done nothing since 2007. And again, I don't even know how he became a part of this conversation that we've had at all today. I don't know if that was just a, a text that didn't get sent since 2007 or what the case was. But how in the hell did Jamarcus Russell become a part of any conversation here on Radio Nation Radio 920? He bet the house back in 07. <laughs> With who? <laughs> no, I'm saying he's been salty about that one bet. I know, but I, I still want to know who the hell was lying to him or who he's talking to. Ain't none of us been around since 2007. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, don't, that's, I think that's the funniest thing. And I get it. Hey, man, you're jaded. You're hurt. You're angry at a 1-4 start. But what in the hell does Jamarcus Russell have to do with any of this? And what do we have to do with anything that has to do with him? <laughs> I know I wasn't in no training camp. You got to call someone else about that, man. 2007, that's a super throwback. Tired of the lies. Yeah, apparently. My bad. Let me go ahead and give the old traditional my bad. Thanks so much for all the feedback on the show. Great guest on the show. DeMond, great job. Appreciate you as always. Check out the Raiders Roundtable. It's coming up next here on these very airways. And make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. Clay, Vinny, and Heidi at 7 a.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920. Good night.